God, the words of the Shumanites, and to the prophet, amen, as she come running one day, as Elisha saw her running and realized she was troubled, he sent Gehazi out before him and said, Ask her, Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thyself? Is it well with the child? And she said, It is well. Oh, it's one thing to tell everybody everything's okay when everything's hunky-dory. It's another thing when we can say it's well tonight in the midst of the face of death, and all trials and troubles and tribulations and circumstances and problems. Anybody can serve God tonight when everything's going good. Amen. But it takes somebody that has the goods tonight to stand for God. Amen. When all hell assails against us, and the enemy comes in like a flood. The Bible said the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Well, we appreciate so much tonight the privilege and opportunity to be here. Been a lot said today about the campus ministry. I'm sure every one of us enjoyed it, that we're able to be a part of it. We appreciate those that prayed for us today that couldn't be with us. But I don't want to preach to the campus tonight. I want to preach to the folks that are here. So turn with us tonight to the 66th division of the book of Psalms. Psalm 66 tonight. Amen. We're thankful again for each and everything that's been done in this revival. More than anything, we appreciate good holiness people. Appreciate what Brother Jerry had to say tonight. Amen. If he feels like preaching, I just want him to go ahead and obey God. Amen. That's what revival is all about. It's when the people of God... Become more obedient to God. Amen. That's when you have revival. That's when something's been accomplished. When, amen, more than sacrifice, people have a desire to obey and be what God would have them to be. And I know you're privileged tonight, and I know you realize that. But I like to remind you in this day and hour, if there's ever a day that you lifted up the hands of the man of God that's over you, Amen. Have you ever yielded yourselves unto them? For they watch for your souls. It's in this day and hour. I've seen it happen so many places. I've seen it happen, amen, with me three years ago. Amen. After you're in a place long enough, you just become part of the scenery and part of the ordinary crowd. Very few churches tonight appreciate their pastor after they've been there very long, like they all do tonight. If there's every day and hour that we appreciate the men that God has placed over us. Amen. Men that's there through the thick and the thin. You can send your money off to PTL if you want to. But you'll never get them to come and pray for you when you're sick and dying in a hospital bed. I know of a woman, amen, that told me, amen, it's been a few revivals ago. She said, Brother Hatfield, we had sent Brother Swaggered many, many, many dollars. Her mother was dying in a hospital bed. They called and asked him to come, and they offered to pay him much money and pay for his plane fare to come and pray for their mother. This was quite a few months back. Amen. But the reply was no, he didn't have time. Now I'm going to tell you, brother, amen, it's that man that will stick to you, with you, amen, through the marriages and through the babies born, and through the funerals and everything else. That's the ones we need to lift up tonight and pray for. I like what David Wilkerson said about a couple years ago in extensive prayer and fasting. Amen. He said that God spoke to him 
said, the greatest men that I have in the ministry, the world has never seen. He said, they're not on television, they're not on radio, amen, but they're in pulpits all over the world, and they preach what I give them, and they obey the will and the call of God. And I'm here to tell you tonight, the finest preachers that God has tonight, the world has never seen them on their national scale in view tonight. But oh, tonight it's not the man that shoots the big gun at the camp meeting, the man that shoots big on one night, but it's that preacher that preaches consecutively good every week and is steadfast in saying what God can use. We appreciate so much tonight the meals that have been provided, the wonderful fellowship, the hospitality, everything that's been done. May God just richly bless you for every effort that's being put forth. Read with us tonight, if you can, stand with us. The reading of the text, the 66th division of Psalms, beginning with the first verse. The Bible said, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name, and make his praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through flood on foot. <coughs> there did we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves, Selah. Oh, bless our God, ye people. Make the voice of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us, as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats, Selah. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me, he hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. The 10th, 11th, and 12th verse tonight of the 66th division of Psalms says, For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou, O God, hast tried us, as silver is tried. Thou brought us up into the net. Thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, 
But thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. That word wealthy there translated from the original Hebrew means a place of abundance, a well-watered place, a place of satisfaction. The Lord help us for a little while. Tonight we'd like to preach on blessings in disguise. Blessings in disguise. Would you ask God to help us tonight, Heavenly Father? We come before your throne with praise and thanksgiving. Oh, God, for Jesus. Father, for the precious blood he shed on Calvary. Lord, for the privilege and opportunity. God, to be in your house, to magnify the name of Jesus. To worship you in the beauty of holiness. We thank you for your presence, for your blessings, your mercy, your love, your long-suffering, your grace. Anoint every ear to hear, every heart to receive, every mind to comprehend. Help us to grow in your grace and your knowledge. Tonight we pray, let the liberty of the Holy Ghost prevail. Breathe upon us tonight we pray. And we'll praise you, love you, and honor you for it. In Jesus' blessed holy name, let us all say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. May God richly bless you. Praise the Lord. My voice is a little ragged from preaching today. But if you'll pray for us, we'll do our best tonight. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. The words of the psalmist David, as he was writing, amen, recollecting, reminiscing on his thoughts, telling the children of Israel the things that God had laid upon his heart. He talked of many things here in the 66th division of Psalms. He talked about the victory that he'd wrought. He talked about the provisions of God. Amen. He talked about all the things that God had done for Israel. But all in the midst of this chapter, he also talked about all that God had brought them through in order to get them to the place where they were abiding men. Amen. This chapter, amen, deals with victory. All through it this evening, now, he started out saying, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name, and make his praise glorious. Oh, friends, tonight, if there's ever a day that we made a joyful noise, it's now. If there's ever a day we sang praises unto God, it's in this generation. Did you know God won't accept any kind of a praise? Did you know God won't accept any kind of a noise tonight? Oh, no, but the Bible said that make a joyful noise unto God. Sing forth the honor of his name and make his praise glorious. Oh, thanks be to God. You say, preacher, I don't feel like singing tonight. The Bible didn't say whether we felt like it or not. Amen. Brother, let everything that hath breath. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Praise him on the cymbals and the high-sounding cymbals and the tr trumpets. Amen. And the psalteries and the sackbuds. Amen. And on all the instruments, brother, our God is great and worthy of all praise tonight. Oh, brother, he said, say unto God, how terrible art thou, thy works. 
restored the children of men. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. He said, All the earth shall worship thee. They shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Oh, preacher, what are you telling me? I'm telling you, brother, there's coming a day that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father forever and ever. Brother, we're just rehearsing. Amen. Just rehearsing for that city up there, brother. Amen. Praise is comely for the upright, and he inhabits the praise of his people. I like that song says, listen to me, devil. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You've walked on me long enough. Now I'm going to walk on you. I'm tired of you, Satan. You've had me down too long. I'm going to raise my hands toward heaven and sing me a happy song. Brother, we've got a right to shout and we've got a right to sing. The devil doesn't have anything and God's people have everything, brother. No wonder the psalmist said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, brother. I'm going to tell you there's still victory for the saint of God that knows the power of praising God with a pure and honest heart tonight. Amen. The eighth verse says, Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. Hello. Amen. We've got a lot of Nicodemuses today. We've got a lot of ventriloquists in the church. Amen. They want to serve him by night. They want to be a secret disciple. Amen. They got these things today in the world called secret Santas. But praise God, we got a lot of secret Christians and silent Christians in the church world today, brother. But I'm going to tell you, God didn't call us to be a ventriloquist. He didn't call us, amen, to have an assignment of silence. But brother, God called us to shoot forth the praises of his name, who has called us out of darkness into this marvelous light, brother. Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. I've heard him say, Brother Hatfield, you don't have to get that loud to praise God. He's not deaf. He can hear you. I know that. He knows the intents of our heart. He knows the thoughts of our mind. But can I tell you tonight, brother, he don't get nervous when we get loud of praising him and of worshiping him, brother. I believe that there's every day the people of God worshiped him and thanked him for his many blessings. It's in this day, brother. He inhabits the praise of his people. For thou, O God, has proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou, O God, brought us into the net, and thou laid us affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou brought us out into a wealthy place. What is he telling this preacher? He's telling us the primary need, amen, and the reason of difficulty in the Christian life, amen, that we can be made better, that we can go a little higher, 
that we can plunge a little deeper, that we can be the children of the kingdom that would be pleasing unto God tonight. Amen. All down through time, amen, brother, adverse circumstances has always been favorable to national prosperity. You can study the history of our country. Amen. Every time there's a war, every time there's adversity, it always boosts the economy. Amen. Brother, even, amen, we live in a country tonight. Amen. Of so-called freedom because of opposition and oppression from the country before this wind, brother. And even in the Word of God, amen, down in Egypt, the children of God, amen, they waxed stronger and grew more under the oppressing hand of Pharaoh. Brother, they grew more than they got weak. They gained more than they lost under the oppression of Pharaoh. And I'm here to tell you tonight, there's some things about the soul and there's some qualities of the soul that can only be woke up tonight, amen, by difficulty and opposition and trouble, brother. And if there's ever a day, we ought to want God to make us better. It's tonight, my friend. We study the great men and women of the Bible. We looked at their characters, amen, and all their attributes. And many of us sometimes will read the Bible and we'll dream of being like somebody else. How many times have your folks say, I want to be like Abraham. Oh, I want to please God. Amen. I want, amen, have it accounted unto righteousness unto me. Amen. I want to please him. But are we willing tonight to go through what Abraham went through to be like Abraham? Amen. Brother God told Abraham, I want you to take that son Isaac, that one whom thou lovest, who the blessed promised seed is in. I want you to take him up to Mount Moriah and offer him up a burnt sacrifice unto me. Brother Abraham didn't question God. He got the men, he got the animals, and they took off. And they came to the edge of the mount. He looked at his other amen band and said, The lad and I will go and worship and return. Amen, brother. They went up to the mountain. Amen. Praise God. Isaac said, Father, here's the fire in the wood. But where is the lamb for sacrifice? And Abraham, brother, said, My God, we'll provide a lamb, brother. Don't you worry about it, Isaac. Praise God unto heaven. I don't know how you feel about it, but Brother Abraham had to have great faith. Amen. To be able to trust God like that. I believe every step he took going up the mountainside, I believe that ram was coming up the other side. I believe God was moving with every step that Abraham took. I don't know how he talked to him, Brother McCarthy. I don't know what he said to Isaac. He may have said, now, son, you know your daddy loves you. You know he's never done you wrong. I'll tell you what, son, just stretch out. On this altar here, it'll be all right. Amen. He no doubt tied him down and pulled out a knife to slay the child. 
Amen. And Brother God spoke, amen, out of the thickets, amen, the angel of the Lord, and said, Abraham, Abraham, do the child no harm, for now I know thou lovest me, amen, more than anything, amen, upon the earth, brother, amen, God gave him deliverance. Oh, we want to be like Abraham, but do we love God, amen, more than anybody or anything tonight, brother? Are we willing to go through the fire to have the victory? We read, amen, of Jacob, amen, that conniving, shystering individual, amen, that did his own thing and went his own way for a while. But God was dealing with him. God had his hand upon him. Amen. We read, amen, how he rested all night with the angel of the Lord. Amen. Brother prevailed and had powers of prince with God. And, oh, great father of the patriarchs. And how many would like to be like Jacob, be able to bless their children as they're dying in their old age and going off the scene. But, brother, are we willing to wrestle? Are we willing to travail in prayer? Oh, we want to be as a prince with God. We want to have that kind of power tonight. But are we willing to pay the price? Are we willing to go on through? Are we willing to go all the way with God, brother? We look at Joseph tonight. What a Christ-like individual. A great man of God. Amen. Exalted in Pharaoh. Down in Egypt land. Rode the golden chariot. Amen. Second in command. And all people say, I'd like to be in authority. I'd like to be in that kind of a position. But are you willing to go through what Joseph went through in order to make a good leader and in order to be what God would have you to be, brother? Amen. No doubt. When his brothers threw him in the pit, he probably thought, God, you betrayed me. But God was a building him. Amen. They sold him to the slave market. Amen. To the Ishmaelites. Amen. And no doubt he thought, God, you betrayed me. But God was a building him, friend. He got down there. Amen. In the prison. And no doubt he thought, God, you've abandoned me. But God was a building him. Amen. Got in Potiphar's house and betrayed and lied upon by Potiphar's wife. Amen. And thrown him the dungeon. And no doubt a thousand dirty demons around his life. I tell him, you'll never get out of here, Joseph. You'll rot in this cell. And he probably thought, God, you've forsaken me. You've abandoned me. But God was building him. And from the pit, from the palace, and the dungeon, brother, he was exalted as prime minister down in Egypt, brother. And we all like that position. We like that authority. But are you willing to go through the trial and the fire tonight, brother, to get where God wants you to be, my friend? David was a mighty man of God, a great king in Israel. Amen. What a great individual. Look at the sweet psalms he wrote. Look at all the songs, amen, he produced. Look at the joy he brought to so many hearts. Amen, but David was hunted, amen, from the time that he was anointed by Samuel. Amen, he was hunted like an animal by Saul for nine long years before he ever got to the throne, brother. Amen, his life, amen, was endangered. 
and he wandered in dens and caves. Amen. For year after year and problem after problem. Amen. Look at Ezekiel. You're talking about a mighty prophet of God receiving visions out by the river Chebar. But do you want to go through what Ezekiel went through? Amen. Brother, look at Jeremiah, a man that had such a burden for the people of God. Amen. That he entered right in the heart of God. Amen. And bore the burden. Amen. And had a great tears and great burden and great compassion. But look at the bread and water of affliction. Amen. Look at the pity he was thrown in. Amen. Look at Apostle Paul tonight. What a great preacher. One of the finest writers in the New Testament. But most of his writing took place from the prison and from the dungeons. Amen. And from the jailhouses. Oh, we want to be like Paul. We want to preach like them. But are we willing to be persecuted? Are we willing to go through the fire, brother? Amen, brother. Are we want victory, but we don't want the conflict. Amen. We want shouting, but we don't want the battle. But, brother, no battle, no victory, no conflict, no conquering, brother. There's got to be trial if there's going to be some triumph tonight. We like shouting. We like great moving services. We like crowds like we had last night when people pull together in one mind and one accord. We like those services that go high as a kite. Them runaways, as they call them, where God just comes down and blesses individuals and touches lives. Amen. And picks folks up and puts pieces back together again. We all love them kind of services. But do we love to pay the price? Amen. Do we love to steal away in prayer? Do we love, amen, to do all that needed to be done in order for God to move? Amen. The way we like to see him move, brother. I'm here to tell you, brother, if there's ever a day that people need to realize you've got to go through the storm before you can have the rainbow and you've got to go through some trouble before you're going to be on shouting ground and there's got to be a conflict before there can be victory. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us. What are you telling me, preacher? I'm telling us tonight, amen, the first reason that God allows trouble and trials and adverse things to come our way is, number one, God thanks enough of you and I to prove us. You say, preacher, I know what I am. Amen. God's going to prove you. He's going to test you. He's going to see really what we are tonight, brother. Talk is cheap. We can sing it. We can testify it. We can preach it. It's another thing when we live it. It's another thing when we exhibit it. It's another thing when we possess it. In this hour which we're living, brother, God thanks enough of you and I to prove us tonight. God didn't send his son, give heaven's best, have the precious blood shed on Calvary. Amen. Turn his back. Amen. On his own son. Amen. Brother one scripture, Romans 8 and 32. Amen. Said God, who spared not his own son. Oh, yes. Think about the price. 
that was paid and made on Calvary for our redemption, amen, our victory tonight. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, God didn't do all that to have a humpy dumpy up and down in and out church that holds hand with the world, amen, and tries to serve God with the other. I'm going to tell you, brother, God's going to prove us. Amen. He doesn't want you to miss heaven. He doesn't want you to fall out of the way. Brother, God's going to do everything he has to tonight to prove you and I. Brother, men that uh, like to talk guns, they, they, they'll tell you all night what this gun will do. I mean, man, it'll knock a squirrel down uh, so many yards. Uh, I mean, you'll be dead on a hammer. But it's, amen, it's talk until it's proven. Amen, it's talk and it's tapping until it takes place. People brag on their cars. Man, this car will get 32 miles to the gallon. Amen, one man put it like this. He said, there's two things that uh, make a liar out of man quicker than anything. He said, the first thing is gas mileage. Uh, I'll not tell you what he said the other one was. Uh, oh, praise God. What are you telling me, preacher? I'm telling you, brother, God thinks enough of you. He thinks enough of me, brother, that he's going to make sure you're true, blue, uh, wholehearted, uh, amen, steadfast, uh, unmovable, always abounded. In the work of the Lord, brother, he wants your mind made up, and God's going to try us. That silver is tried. He's going to get rid of the impurities, and get rid of the cross, and get rid of all the things that would hinder us tonight, brother, and get us to a place we can bring forth fruit for him. Amen. You're looking at a preacher tonight. I've been through some things in seven years. Amen. Praise God. I'm glad for everything I've been through tonight. Amen. I wouldn't be where I'm at and I wouldn't be preaching the way I do. And I wouldn't be as blessed as much as I am if God hadn't taken time to prove me. If he hadn't took time, amen, to put me through some fiery trials. Amen, brother. God tried me the first year of my full-time ministry, brother Jerry. Amen. To see what I was preaching for. And who I was preaching for. Hello. Amen. We've got more talent in the church world than we've ever had. But I'm going to tell you, brother, God is going to try every individual. The Bible said that every man's work shall be tried in the fire to see what sort it is. Amen, brother. It's going to be burned. It's going to be set on fire. And only the genuine, real, true, blue work that's done for God is going to stand. We're living in a day there's so much chaff and there's so much ecclesiasticalism and there's so much superficiality and there's so much put on the dog, brother. Undelible, seek undelible. I'm going to tell you tonight that God is going to see what we're made of. 
God thinks enough of us to prove us. Hallelujah, for thou, O God, has proved us. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Hello. Now, the charismatics don't like this scripture. I've never heard of one of them preach from it yet. Matter of fact, I, I, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody preach from this chapter myself, except for me. Amen. I'm sure it's been preached. I ain't trying to exalt me. But we're living in a day. I mentioned it the other night. Amen. Everybody acts like everything that happens bad comes from the devil. But I'm going to tell you, Brother David was talking about victory, and he wasn't blaming nothing on the devil. Amen, brother. Amen. He said, God, you're the one that's proved me, and you're the one that's tried me a silver stuff. And God, you brought me into the net, and you laid affliction upon my loins. How many knows there's a difference between affliction and sickness tonight? Amen. James said, if there be any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them lay hands on him, anointing him in the name of, with all in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if he's committed any sins, uh, it shall be forgiven him. But amen. The Bible says in the same chapter, if any afflicted, let him pray. Is any married, let him sing songs. Oh, yes, brother. We've got a lot of people in the church world. Their problem isn't that they're sick. Amen. And their problem is not what's upon them. Their problem is they're afflicted by God. And God's trying to get them to a place to bring forth fruit and to better them. And they want you to pray it off of them. They want you to pray through them. But I'm going to tell you, we got a lot of people need to pray themselves tonight. Hello. How many people have they brought to me in seven years? Oh, Brother Hal, I want you to pray for me. It's going to kill me if it goes much. I tell you what, a lot of times they just need to pray themselves. Hello? Don't you ask me to pray for you when God's dealing with your life and you need to steal away and pray through and do the will of God? Amen. If you're sick, it's one thing. When I'm sick, brother, I'll ask for anybody and everybody. Amen. But let's face it. There's been times in your life and my life that God has got us to a place and we had to pray our way out of trouble and pray our way out of the circumstance and pray our way through the victory, brother. Amen. God is going to bring us to a place he can get us where he wants his friends. I like what Brother George Davis said a while back. <laughs> he said he got in a revival. Really going through it. Amen. He got to praying to God and God said, George, said you're going to preach your way out of this one. Hello? Hello? I'm going to tell you, Brother, you preach faith. Sometimes God will let you exercise it. Amen. You testify of victory. Amen. God will let you choose some of it in the hardest trial. Hello? You talking about amen, nothing never getting too hard. Amen, brother, that testimony will be tried. It'll be proven. It'll be made. Sure, brother, in the records of heaven, there's a book of remembrance being written down tonight for everyone that thinks upon his name or even mentions his name. And, brother, God's recording everything. 
And he didn't save you to backslide. He didn't save you to be mediocre. He didn't save you to be inconsistent. But God's going to work on you and mold you and trim you and prune you and make you and mold you to the place that he can bring forth victory out of your life. And you can shine like God wants you to, brother. God thinks enough to prove you and I. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. Hello. Oh, we went through fire and through water, but thou brought us us out into a wealthy place. You know what fire and water is? It's the most two adverse conditions in the world. Amen. The fire and water is terrible. And if God can bring you through the flood, if God can bring you through the fiery furnace, if God can bring you through all that, my friend, he can do anything tonight. He's able. Amen. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads, brother. There's been times in my experience I've had men to ride over my heads. Amen. I've preached revivals for some men in years gone by. Amen. They'd argue all night long, keep you up to four in the morning with a book of customs that thick. Amen. To try to de-holonize you. And to, amen. To de-godliness you. That's right. Amen. And tell you that holiness ain't right. Amen. One night going home in the church bed, a Jezebel had gave out a message in tongues and interpretation. Amen. He wasn't no more of God than the man in the moon. Amen. Going home that night in the church fast, the subject was brought up. We talked about it with the pastor, and he looked at me and said, Brother Hatfield, what are you saying? I said, I'm saying, I don't believe God uses somebody in sin in the gifts. Amen. He said, well, let me tell you something. He said, I know that woman. I know that lady. Amen. I know she ain't living right. I know what she's involved in. But amen, are you, what are you saying? He said, was that from God or not? And he said, you better watch what you're saying. You might blaspheme the Holy Ghost going home in the van. I looked at him. I mean, he was getting heated. I looked him in the eye. I said, Brother, I don't believe that was no more God than anything. He said, you don't believe God could use somebody? I said, God can do anything but will I said, God can use a donkey. He can use a dog. I mean, and Lord knows he could talk through Brother Jerry's parrot if God wanted to. But I'm going to tell you tonight, does he? It's one thing if God can. It's another thing if he does. Brother, amen, I don't think there's a scripture in the... Oh, and they always want to bring up Saul. Saul, Saul. Amen, the brother and I was talking about it today. I know Saul prophesied after he backslid. Amen, I know he went around, amen, uh, giving words from the Lord. Amen, but you know what it was? He prophesied naked. It was an evil spirit from the Lord. He was not that gentle, genuine, sweet, heavenly, holy dove from heaven. But it was an evil spirit that God had sent to him of deception, amen, and apostasy. Because Saul had crossed the deadline, brother. I'm going to tell you there's a difference between the genuine wine and the false tonight. Amen. The devils do believe and tremble. Amen. They talk in tongues. Amen. We was talking the other night. They was talking about when the Beatles first came to America. Amen. They said that, amen, as they begin to sing in America, that women would literally, amen, uh, you know, uh, disrobe themselves sometimes. 
and they'd talk in tongues. Hello. I mean, brother, they'd get into a frenzy. We got more tongue talking than we ever have. Amen. But brother, amen, it's another thing when it's from God. It's another thing when it's, amen, directed by the Holy Ghost. I tell you what's killing us tonight in the church world. It's the half-truth. Amen. Not telling it all like it is. Amen. Even the Catholics tonight believe in speaking in tongues. The last, amen, gathering, amen, over in Europe, I believe it was, amen, of a Holy Spirit rally, a Holy Spirit convention. There were even Catholic priests, amen, to represent the Catholic Church and to tell the world we no longer fight tongues. We believe it is, amen, the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But that's only the half-truth. What do you mean, preacher? Amen. The truth is, it's got to be as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Anybody can talk in tongue. But, brother, it's got to be as the Holy Ghost directs it and the Holy Ghost guides it. It's not enough to jibber-jabber. It's not enough to talk in tongues, brother. It's got to be as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance and the power of God moves for us. The half-truth is killing us tonight. I've had some men to ride over my head, Brother Jerry. I pastored a church in 1985. I, I semi-pastored it. The former pastor never left. He would do good for weeks. He'd leave me alone. would cause a bit of trouble. As soon as I'd cross the doctrine, his children would get riled up, and they'd get him riled up, and we'd have war all over again. I rocked in his home more than one day, in a rocking chair, and him in another. Him almost 70 years old, me. Amen, at that time, let me think back. Amen, I guess I was 20, 27, 26, 27. Never had pastored before. I mean, brother, you talking about going through it, we went through it. I know what it's like to walk the roads at night. Amen, and talk to God. Can't sleep because of trouble. Literally about pull what little bit of hair out I've got. Tell God it ain't working, it ain't going through, God. And God say, just stay there a while longer. I can't let you go yet. Hello. Amen, brother. I rocked him any day in his home and told him it ain't working out, brother. Hardest thing I've ever done. Amen. Has talked to an elder that old, a man that's been in this. Amen. He ain't right tonight. It ain't how long you've been in this thing. It's as long. It's how long you've been doing right with God. It's how long you've been walking in the truth and the light as he's in the life. It doesn't matter what you think or I think. It's what thus saith the word of God. Amen. I'm not the authority. I'm a proclaimer. I'm a preacher. I tell it like it is. But God's the authority. And the word's the authority tonight, brother. And if there's ever a day we realize some things, it's now, my friend. I mean to tell you, we went around with it. The day I resigned the church, I was teaching Sunday school, and you know what was the straw that broke the camel's back? Amen. I was teaching on deacons. Amen. And all I did was read the Bible. I said, the Bible, I read the scripture, a deacon must be blameless, a husband of one wife. 78-year-old man on the front pew jumped up. You're sinning! I mean, we had been through World War III so many times, I was used to it. 
It didn't even bother when they bother me when they just got up and screamed and yelled in my face anymore. I mean, you go through enough of it, and you get a little accustomed to it. I went to the pulpit every Sunday with every Trinity scripture I could find loaded in my gospel gun. Because I knew whatever the lesson was on, he was going to get around to Godhead, who to pray to, and water baptism. That's all. I mean, they had this old, old saying down there in Kentucky. Well, Brother Hatfield, I'm not saying you're wrong, but you can't say we're wrong either. I said, wait a minute, folks. Both of us ain't right. Somebody ain't right. One man said, who cares about the Godhead? And who cares about water baptism? And who cares who we're supposed to pray to? Let's just have church. If you want that kind of church, go down to Charismatics. You can have it down at Shechem every week. If you want to have church at Bethel, brother, you've got to have some doctrine. You've got to have some fundamental principles. You've got to have the basics of the Word of God. Hey, man, you can't just worship God in a way. It's got to be in spirit and in truth. Hey, man, praise God. The morning I resigned, hey, man, uh, he stood up. You're sinning. I said, how am I sinning, brother? Hey, man, he said, anybody that teach to us said, and take our money. That was their favorite thing. I was really taking the money in $160 a week. I mean, 70-something people in the church. I was the first pastor they ever supported full-time. Hey, man, I left $500 a week on the evangelistic field. The pastor of church for 160 a week. Yeah, I was really taking their money. Hey, man, I was working part-time and janitoring the church, too just for us to keep our head above water and to make our bills. Uh, amen. And then they're going to, I say, amen. Uh, he sat down. I went ahead and read it again. Uh, amen. Read a little while. He jumped up again. You're sinning. I said, what do you mean I'm sinning, Brother Kramer? He said, you're sinning. Uh, amen. Any man that'll teach us and take our money. He said, my, uh, he can begin to tell me his marital situation and others, amen, four or five families. Uh, I said, listen, folks, uh, I can't help what happened to you out in sin. I'm not saying that you didn't come to the altar and get saved. I said, I'm just declaring unto you what the Bible teaches for the qualification of a deacon. He jumped up again. You're sinning. I said, brother, you don't have to worry from this day forward about me taking another dollar. I said, as of right now, I'm resigning this church. I said, I was going to do it tonight. God dealt with me. But I said, just seemed like the door just opened easy this morning. And then, man, oh, you, oh, we need to have a men's meeting. We never knew where we stood with you. I said, you know where we stood ever since I've been here. I believe in the Trinity, you don't. I believe in praying to the Father, and you don't. I believe it's baptized in the way Jesus said to baptize, and you don't. They didn't say a word. Well... Everybody gave their two cents worth. I told them in, in a long detail why I was going to leave and why I felt it was time for me to go. Amen. Make a long story short. The former pastor got up. He was crying like a baby. Amen. He said, Brother Hatfield, I can honestly say, has been the best pastor we've ever had. Amen. In the last seven to ten pastors we've had in four or five years, he's been the best Sunday school teacher we've ever had. And he said, he's been the best preacher we've ever had in this church. He said, but I will say one thing. Brother Hatfield will never make a good pastor. He's got too much temper. He said, you got anything to say? 
I said, yeah, I got something for him. I said, folks, you know my life. You know how I lived. You know how I taught you. I said, I could have a rebuttal, a comment for everything Brother Shelton just said about me this morning. I said, but I love you, folks. And I ain't got nothing against none of you. And I said, we're going to resign this church right. I said, let's stand. I prayed, went to the back of the door. Amen. And shook hands crying as they went out that day. I know what it's like to have men to ride over you. I know what it's like to try to pastor church when it ain't deeded right. And they don't have any doctrine at all. And it's not set up right. And I'd been there two weeks, and they took the treasure from $9,000 to two hundred. Why I was out of town for a couple of days. Amen. I know what it's like to have men ride over my head. Oh, but he said, but thou brought us through the fire and through the water. But thou brought us out into a wealthy place. Amen. Another reason that God allows these things to come our way, friends, is that he can find out what we're really, truly blue made of tonight. Brother, we're living today. There's a lot of people can talk a good game of religion. And there's a lot of people can shout pretty. There's a lot of people can sing like a canary. And there's a lot can preach seemingly like Paul. But amen, I'm going to tell you tonight, none of that in itself will take you to heaven. You've got to have the goods. You've got to live right. You've got to be perfect in your heart before God. You've got to walk up soberly, godly, and righteously in this present world. And brother, God's going to see what you're made of tonight. You may shine like gold, but you don't know whether you're gold till you try it. How many times have I heard people say, yeah, I've never done that. You always look at somebody else's situation. I've never done that. Or if I ever got that kind of situation, you don't know what you'll do till you're tried. You don't know what you'll do until you find out what you're made of. Amen. You don't know how you respond until you walk in that other man's shoes or in that other sister's life, brother. You don't know what you'll do. I've heard people stand up and say, Praise God, if I have to die a martyr, I'll do it. Hogwash. You don't know if you could or not. Amen. The only thing you know, that is if you stay faithful to God and if that day would come, amen, there's one thing about it. If God gives you the grace in that hour to die a martyr, you could do it. But none of us could do it in ourselves. Amen. It's in Him we live, we move. We have our being, brother. And by Him we're more than conquerors and overcomers. And without Him we can do nothing tonight. I get so tired of hearing what people say they do. You don't know what you'll do in any situation until you're there. Until you're proved, until you're tried. Amen. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Amen. Tomorrow take care of itself. Sufficient is the evil of the day thereof, something that affects you. Amen. I'm going to tell you tonight, friend. Amen. You don't know, amen, what you are until you've been through the millstone, until you've been ground, until you've been, amen, through the fire, until you've been through the flood, brother. It's easy for me to, amen. I, as a young evangelist, I used to hold revivals and think, praise God, if this was my church, I'd straighten these bunch of dead rides out. And I found out after you pastor a while, it's different. Amen. It wasn't hard at all for me to sing that song. Oh, it's different. It's so different now. Hello. Amen. Praise God. It's easy to say what I'd do if, 
amen, like Absalom. Oh, if I was king, if I was pastor, if I was Sunday school teacher, if I was on the board, oh, are we talk, but I'm going to tell you, brother, you don't know what you'll do until you're tried in God. He's going to see what you're made of. When I went through my Gethsemane, my valley, I've seen a lot of things in the church I needed change. I needed some folks that was going astray. I've seen them. And, but instead of busting their hearts from the pulpit, God would deal with me to pray. I learned some things in seven months of, in Egypt. I learned something in seven months of pastoring heathen folks. I don't know what you've been through here, Brother McLaughlin, but I have preached with my own dad in the church I pastored. Come down to visit us. A man stand up and light a cigarette lighter in my face while I tried to preach the gospel. I've had him tear the lock right out of the door because we had a pastor's grandson that would bring a rock and roll group in on Saturdays, and I called him. The former pastor and I both agreed, changed a lot, don't tell him. I've had people tear the lock right out of the door. They were so strong. Amen, brother. I, I've seen some things, amen, when I pastored Amen. And I'm going to tell you, God's going to see what we're made of. Amen. Brother, every young preacher, amen, wants to kick his heels up. And every Christian, amen, they reach a point in their place. They're ready to straighten everybody out and set everybody straight. But I'm going to tell you, brother, if there's ever a day we have the leading of God, it's now. And you don't always know what the other person has gone through tonight. I learned when you see something that's wrong and you got to do something about it right now, you pray. And it goes another two weeks and nothing's happening. You pray some more. Amen. And you start to reach out and do something yourself and God deals with you. And you pray another month. Last, the last thing on the agenda is when you have to step in and do something yourself. Amen. And make sure it's God when you do it then. Oh, friend, tonight... Amen. I'll never have the wisdom that some men have. But I'm going to tell you, experience is a great teacher tonight. It's a hard one, but it's a good teacher this evening. Amen. God is going to see what we're made of tonight. Amen. Brother, the Bible teaches us, amen, to count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. Knowing that the trial of your faith worketh patience, and let patience have a perfect work that you may be a perfect and entire one another. How do we count it when things come our way? Some folks lay out of church. Some folks quit paying their tithes. Some people get mad at everybody. Some people just go into depression. How do we respond to divers' temptations? That word diver means very. Any kind of temptation... James said, my brother, count it all joy. The early church, they threw him in jail. They beat him with stripes. I mean, brother, they punished him. They ridiculed him. They locked him up. They crucified some. They killed others. Hey, man, and what did they do after they were beaten and scourged and mocked and spit upon? 
they went away rejoicing, thanking God that they were worthy enough to suffer for the name and the cause of Jesus Christ. And we're living in a day, brother, somebody looks cross-eyed at us and we're ready to quit the church. Amen. Somebody, amen, says something cross to us and we fall out with everybody. Somebody doesn't agree with us teetotally, doctrinally on every issue in the Bible and we're ready to leave and quit and go another place. Amen. Somebody, the devil says boo and down we go. Every little wheel wind that blows through the country and down we go. If there's ever a day we quit carrying our feelings on our shoulder and walking around in a hypocrite pout, brother, and counting it all joy when we fall into divers temptations, it's now, my friend. You say we ought to thank God when the tire goes flat? Yes, praise God. Hallelujah. You know what the Bible said? In everything, give thanks, for this is the perfect will of God. There's another scripture, and I may not quote it exact, but it says, giving thanks always in all things. Amen. Now, a lot of people get that mixed up. They say, we need to thank God for everything. No, we need to give thanks in everything. You need to thank God that only one tire went flat instead of four. Amen. I like what, like what D.L. Moody said a few years ago. He was robbed. And he told this story, amen, in one of his books. He was robbed. And I mean, he said he just thanked God that everything went the way it did. And they said, what do you thank God for, Brother Moody? He said, well, I thank God, number one, that I didn't have any more money than I did on me. He said, I thank God, number two, even that I was the one being robbed and I wasn't the robber. And he said, number three, he said, I thank God. All he did was rob me. He didn't kill me. And he went on and... I'm still alive. Amen. Oh, I'm going to tell you, whatever draws you closer to God, whatever breaks you to the place that you crawl up in the corner and pray like you never prayed before, whatever makes you walk the floor at night and draw an eye to God and get an experience and realize that God is able and you press into that place you've never been with God before. I'm going to tell you, seven months in Kentucky, I thought it was killing me. I got so low spiritually. You hear me out. Amen. It got to the place I'd grab a hold of one scripture and I'd just hang on to it. I knew God was going to deliver sooner or later. Oh, but through it all, brother, I learned a lesson. I learned, amen, that God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Amen. Then all that we go through will make us a better individual. He will hang on to God, brother. There's no temptation taking you, First Corinthians 10 and 13. Amen. But, amen, that is but it's what's common to man. And God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted. Above that, you're able to will with that temptation. Make also a way of an escape that you might be able to bear it, the Bible says. How many times have I heard people say it's killing me, preacher? It ain't killing you. It's building you. It's making you. Amen. Most of us wouldn't be here tonight if we hadn't gone through some things. I'm going to tell you the first three or four years of my experience, I had some rough knocks. I run into, run into all kinds. Amen. And I've preached in various type of churches. I don't, I don't have to preach in them kind of churches anymore. I've met enough good holiness, brother, and God's given, given us enough favor throughout Pentecost. That, amen. I've got the good doors open. Thanks be to God. Amen. But I'm going to tell you tonight. Amen. Brother, we go through some things. We go through much trials and trouble and tribulation down here. 
amen, to know that later on down the road, amen, God strengthens us and builds us and makes us and mold us for us. Amen. Jesus Christ went through a lot in three and a half years or three and a third years, whatever it was. Amen. To get to that place, he could be, amen, the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. And you and I will go through some things, amen, to get to that place of perfection that God would have us to be tonight. Count it all joy. Brother in the home church a while back, amen, he, uh, going on vacation, loaded up the station wagon, the family piled in, and rest. Wouldn't, wouldn't turn over. Unload the car, jack it up, get the starter out, go get another. Uh, you know you know how we get sometimes that way. There's a piece of junk and blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know what it was? It was a blessing in disguise. Hey, Amen. Because if he'd been on the road, he'd been a towing bill, and he wouldn't have got to be able to bought a rebuilt starter. He wouldn't have his tools with him. I mean, I could go on and on the blessings that was in that breakdown at the home. I've heard folks say, you know, this happened. There's times God will allow something to hold you up to keep you alive. There's times that God will hinder, amen, from you going somewhere. Because at that particular time and incident, amen, you may have been facing death in its purest form. Oh, brother, I was uh, telling Brother McCloth, amen, in the, the last almost two years, seemed like we've had nothing but trouble out of our trailer. But uh, it's been a blessing in disguise still. Amen, brother, amen. Whatever makes you pray, whatever draws you closer to God, amen, whatever tries your faith and, amen, extends your patience and makes you more long-suffering and not so quick, amen, to react. And whatever, amen, brings you to a closer communion with God, amen, don't complain about it, but thank Him about it. It's a blessing in disguise tonight, my friends. There's another reason God allows these things to come our way. That's simply just to wake us up sometimes out of our mediocrity and our sleepiness in God. We're living in a, a complacent age. The Bible said in Romans 13 11, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Amen. And there's a time to every purpose and every season and everything under the heavens. And there's times we just need shook up. There's times we need woke up. There's times that we have to stir up the gift of God that is within us tonight. You've heard the story of the mother eagle. I'm almost done. Amen. She'll feed them and nurture them and raise them. They get to the place they need to learn to fly. She'll take all the comfortable downy and different things out of the nest. Amen. And she'll fly and she'll try to get their curiosity up. She'll try to, amen, to get their instinct up. Lean over the nest and watch mama. Amen. Try to get them to fly. If they don't catch on, she'll tear the nest completely apart. Amen. And take them one by one. Take them out over the midair and drop them. Amen. And if they don't learn to fly, she swoops down at the last minute. Amen. Catches them, brings them up, and drops them again. And it's a process over and over and over again until that little eaglet learns to fly and flap its wings. And I'm here to tell you tonight, God wants us to be able to go somewhere with Him. He doesn't want us, amen, to keep spinning our wheels round and round, never learn, never grow, never mature, never fruit trade and bring forth the principal fruits of righteousness 
And brother, there's times God, He's going to drop you in some sense of the view and let you learn to walk by faith and not by sight and learn to trust God through it all and know that He is a provider tonight. What's that song, through it all? I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all. Through it all, I've learned to trust His Word. The songwriter said, I've had many sorrows, fears and sorrows, pain and heartaches. I've had times that I've felt all alone. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that through my trials, He'd only make me strong. Oh, brother, if we've never gone through anything tonight, we'd never know that God was a problem solver and a fix-it man this evening. We should never yield to defeat. A Christian should never get up and say, I'm defeated. I can't go. No, sir, brother. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Every obstacle that comes in our way, we can make one of two things with it. It's either a ladder to progress or a barrier to blessing. And if you use it for the kingdom of God, and amen, one man said, the bumps are what you climb on. The knots and the knocks are what we climb on tonight, brother, and realize through everything we go through that all things work together for good to them that love God, who are the called according to His purpose, and He's doing it all to bring us into a better place, my friend. I'm going to tell you tonight, I'm a better preacher tonight in 1988 than what I was in 1983 and 1985. I've been through some things. I've walked some lonely roads. I've learned to abound, and I've learned to be abased. And I can say tonight, through it all, God has helped make me a better individual. Amen. I feel like I can help a pastor more now that I've went through that kind of a situation. I got a little poem I'm going to read tonight. We're going to close. It says, the easy roads are crowded, and the level roads are jammed. The pleasant little rivers with the drifting folks that crammed. But off yonder where it's rocky, where you get a better view, you will find the ranks are thinning and the travelers are few. For the going smooth and pleasant, you will always find the throng. For the many, more's the pity, seem to like to drift along. But the steps that call for courage and that task that's hard to do, in the end results in glory for the never wavering few. Friend, anybody can travel the easy road. Anybody can go with the flow and follow the crowd. But I'm going to tell you tonight, everything that comes our way that seems to be killing us and breaking us, it's a blessing in disguise. Oh, if we can get to the place we thank God for everything. He's ever brought us through. So we stand tonight. Come tonight, Sister Hatfield, Heavenly Father. We preach tonight what we thought you'd have us to. God, we've done our best in our own feeble way. And I thank you tonight for your people. I thank you for every soul that's gathered out tonight, God, here at the Lighthouse Holiness Church. I thank you for Brother and Sister McCloss and their family and this every individual heart that's here. We thank you for the privilege of being here in Revival in this meeting. 
Touch hearts, overshadow lives. Help every one of us, God, to grow in your grace and your knowledge. To press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. To be instruments unity in your hands. Members of righteousness meet for the master's use. Sanctified unto honor. Touch every need in this building. Ask it all in Jesus' blessed holy name. Amen. Thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but Thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. I don't know where you're dwelling at tonight, saint of God, but I'm going to tell you there's a better place for you and God this evening. There's a place that's not only sufficient, but it's abounding. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound unto you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. There's a well-watered place tonight. There's a place of blessing. There's a place of satisfaction in God for you'll be so satisfied in Him, so contented in God, you'll never even think of going back. You'll never even want to turn back. Blessing in disguise.
go and shake your neighbor's hand. Gentlemen, it's good to be here this evening. Keep our minds upon the Lord. Let his will be done, and we can leave here saying it's been good to be in the house of God. I thank the Lord for what he means to me. Boy, I'll tell you, us going out there on the university today, it did something to me. I mean, it really stirred me. I thank the Lord for that kind of opportunity. You know what? It really made me think about a whole lot of different things. But some of the things that I thought about was, was for one, of course, it stirred my heart to see so many lost. You know, and, and so oftentimes we associate so much with church people that, that it's hard to fathom people that know so little about God, you know, and, and I thought also how important it is, exactly what Brother Jerry was saying, how important our attitude is, and now mind you, I believe in a standard of holiness, and I think that that's a wonderful thing to live holy, but I think it's so sad that these kids have completely turned off to church because he's preached them a standard without preaching them how they need to get saved. And I thank the Lord that, that, that God was merciful to me. I was as ignorant as any of those kids out there on the campus. Well, not quite that ignorant. I've been raised in a church, not, not a Pentecostal or a holiness church, but I knew the gospel as such. I knew Jesus had come and died for my sins, but I didn't know Jesus. But some of these don't even know that much. And, and I'm glad that when I did get into church, when I really gave my heart over to the Lord, that there were people that worked with me and loved me and, and showed me in the Word, you know, where it was that I had to live holy and where the standards were and what they meant. You know, because a lot of these kids over here, it, it, it stirred me so much because I thought some of these kids don't, they don't care to listen to, to just the preacher tell them they're going to hell. A lot of these kids know that they're sinners. A lot of them have been taught, you know, whether they like it or not, some of their parents have told them that they're doing wrong in certain things. But they want to know by the Word. They want to be given something solid to stand upon. And unless we give them Christ and nothing less than that, they don't have anything to stand upon. These other religions will give them friendship and closeness and some of the things that they're really searching for, you know, as a counterfeit for Christ. And unless we know what we believe and what we stand upon, we'll lose them right through our fingers. Our own children will be lost unless we know what we believe and why we believe it. And also give them ground to stand on. But I love the Lord with all my heart. He's done so much for me. Sometimes I wish that I could, you know, just gather up a whole bunch of those kids and bring them over here to one of those services where the Lord just lifts the roof off and lets them feel something deep in their heart. Because I think that a lot of those kids, that's exactly what they're looking for. They'll run from it for a while, and some of them will hide in this, that, and the other, and, and sit around and play with their tarot cards or their palm readers or, or whatever, like what we saw over there today. But there are some of them that are still searching for God. And there were some of them, I was pleased with the reaction we got over there today. They were a lot more open than, some, than what, I had, what I had anticipated, and I was glad for that. But pray for us that we'll be a light. As Brother Jerry had said, not only on the outside, but that our hearts will be right. And that's what they'll pick up on. Because even our children, as small as they are, they can spot a hypocrite fast. You know, and if we don't live or if we don't have a, a kind, loving spirit and an understanding heart to understand where some of these kids come from, we won't win to one of them. But pray for us that we might be alike and also pray for those kids over there. They need it so bad. But I'm glad for what he means to me. 
Oh, baby.